Coming up, we may be speculating on the what-ifs of a Kyrie Irving trade, but there are more mechanics to this offseason for the NBA superstar to potentially find himself in another location and maybe even better circumstances to win an NBA title. We're going to break all that down right after the theme music. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, yes, it's the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. Over there, you're going to find Doug Norrie, owner-operator DFSR, for all your daily fantasy sports rankings. DraftKings, FanDuel, he's got you covered. I'm Adam Arbrick, breaking down the New York football giants all off-season long on the One Giant Podcast with my boy Andy Mack. We thank you for making us your first listen of the day free on all those great platforms. And, Doug, you knew for a fact that Kyrie Irving news does not happen in one podcast episode. There's always more to discuss about it. And I thought, um, as you highlighted, article in The Athletic from Alex Schiffer that really um, expands on this offseason, from, I think from a Kyrie Irving perspective, which is something that is hard or easy to get lost in the shuffle, excuse me, when you think about what does it mean for Brooklyn? Well, what about what Kyrie can do? Yeah, so Alex Schiffer does a great job covering the Nets over the Athletic uh, all season long. Gave a breakdown. It's not too dissimilar to some of the stuff we talked about yesterday. It goes a little more granular into what some of the options are, basically based on his colleague, Sham Strania, who also works for the Athletic, um, who had outlined where Kyrie Irving might be interested in going slash who might be interested in bringing him in. And those are three teams that were mentioned mm-hmm. here. It's, it's uh, the New York Knicks the uh, Los Angeles Lakers and the Los Angeles Clippers. And so he just kind of goes, and we'll go through some of these too. He kind of just goes through, uh, you know, what some of those teams have to offer, where, you know, who's untouchable, what the money lays, and, and sort of like, would this even be palatable from the Nets situation? I think we can agree that like from maybe a Kyrie Irving situation, all these would be palatable. I'm not sure about the Knicks. That might be speculation, but... um I think that, like, you know, he joining championship contenders in L.A. Uh, would be, uh, like, up his alley. So we'll talk a little bit about it. But, yeah, he, it, it's a good job of, like, kind of looking a little more, I think, like, realistically at, like, what the situation here is with Kyrie. We're, yesterday we kind of just reacted to it. Um, here it's like, you know, how likely is a situation with Kyrie leaving to occur. And then two, like how worried should the Nets be in the, in a contract negotiation, especially if this is posturing on the side of Kyrie. Yeah. And that's where I think it's when we talk about player option, here is the choice or decision that Kyrie can make. This is what it looks like to walk into free agency. This is what it looks like to go into the player option. And then that's the most interesting one, I think too. So, I mean, walk us through just those bullet points of it. Cause I know you have it up there in front of you. Um, and, and specifically, I think, maybe starting with the player option, because there's two sides to that coin. It's opt out and go to free agency and, and see what happens there if you're Kyrie Irving, or opt into the player option and kind of push a pause button and say, well, let's come back to the table next year when maybe I've played 70, you know, 65 plus games, whatever it may look like, when the team has had a good year, and when we've all kind of forgotten about some of the difficulties, and then when I say, hey, max contract, max years, the Brooklyn Nets are far more likely to say yes to that and just go forward accordingly. 
Yeah, so there's four options, right, as, as laid out. He can, he can opt into the player option, like you said, and that he's just a net for a year, and then we just say, hey, let's, let's you know, kick the can down the road a year, see how this year goes, and when we get to the end of it, we'll kind of know if this is a long-term path. That's one. The two is um, they just go for like the max contract, right? Like That's the five years, um, and they do it, five years, 250, um, call it. It doesn't seem like Nets are interested in that piece at all, so I don't think, I don't think that one is at least for right now on the table. Uh, the third option is just sign a lesser contract and, you know, let fewer years, more contingencies, all this other stuff. And the fourth is just uh, Kyrie opts out and just says, hey, I'm a free agent now. But if you yeah. go through all the options, if you go through all the options, like all these are fraught with peril for both sides, right? Because depending on what the motivations are, because like, Except for maybe, I mean, well, yeah, except for maybe as I say, a player option, but that just that's that's a risk for Kyrie because it doesn't lock in long term money, right? So like that that's a yep. that's a very much a risk. And I, later in the podcast, I have a point about where Kyrie might stand here with the Nets. I was kind of thinking about it off air, but of those four options, okay. what gets detailed a little bit more is like this opt in, opt in, and then sign and trade piece. Yeah, and I think obviously as we talked about inside of reacting to it yesterday, that. And maybe to your point, where does Kyrie stand on this? Because I, I, I guess that's really what it is. If if both sides have reached this point of saying, yeah, we're, we're too far apart on this, the opt-in sign-in trade is the most functional process for both sides to end up with being satisfied. Nets getting value, obviously, we know in a trade. And then Kyrie Irving still getting his max dollars, right? Because to your point, if you opt out and go to free agency, you limit what your prospects are, how much you can make, and what it'll look like to ultimately you know, maximize your value, right? You're going to lose that a little bit on the open market. Um, but now, but we, we disagreed yesterday about what we think is going to be the outcome here. And I, I will say quickly that somewhere in that, I think in discussing yesterday, a lot of comments, it was awesome over on YouTube. Yeah, appreciate it. I, I, I always feel like I need to, to come back and reiterate, like I'm examining this objectively about, this is what's going on, and these are what the possibilities are. I very much feel like I'm I'm going to end up in this camp of like this dude hates Kyrie Irving. He thinks he sucks. Like, <laughs> no, but this is what's going on, and you can't like. I, I feel like it'd be disingenuous to turn this blind eye and go, "He's a great player." Let's let, let's move, let's just automatically leap to the conclusion that the Brooklyn Nets are held hostage by this scenario, and that's automatically what's going to happen. Um, but that being the case, I, I do think that. If these guys can't come to an arrangement, the most likely is a opt-in sign and trade as opposed to anything else that Kyrie might choose to do. Yeah, so like, let's look. We'll go through a couple of the teams. Uh, the first one, I, I was gonna. I feel like I want to just eliminate this team right off the bat because I just seem okay. so unrealistic that I just don't even see how it's possible. And that's the Lakers. Like, I know the Lakers get thrown into stuff because the Lakers get thrown into everything because it's LeBron and they want everybody. Uh, here's the harsh reality with the Lakers: they have nothing in the cupboard. They gave up everything to, with Anthony Davis. They have no assets. They have no good contracts. Like the play, the players that could come back in a trade, like a sign and trade, because they need to clear money for Kyrie, is like laughably bad to the point where it's only because I I, I hate to say this, but I, I feel like it's only because Shams is like pretty into that organization because he's represented by Clutch, who's the same people that represent LeBron and Davis, like. Other than that, I cannot think of a single reason why they're included in this situation. The players that they could like trade, I'm just going to move through this quick because I think this, I, I feel bad even talking about this. Westbrook, uh, uh, I'll get to that one second. Carmelo Anthony, I mean, absolutely no thanks. Kendrick Nunn didn't play all year. Taylor Horton Tucker looking a little bit overpaid and didn't play a ton last year. 
And real quick about the Westbrook thing. Westbrook, like someone came it. at me on They'll this, was like, was like, oh yeah, well the best thing that what Westbrook has over Kyrie is availability. I'm like, hey man, not for nothing, Westbrook's availability hurt the Lakers last year. He had like a negative almost everything last year. Negative war, negative warp, like PR was in the dumpster. Like, he, yeah, he played all he played all the games. You can make a very strong case that that was way worse for the team. Like, I just being on the court doesn't make it like more valuable. So I need to just. Are you with me on this one? I want to move past the Lakers right away because like if, if there's just no way who would ever do this. He makes more money and he's way worse. No, and we're going to get into on the other side some of these other more interesting trade opportunities. To your point, uh, the only mechanics of this, and we saw this in the comments too. Anyone that even throws out the idea of oh well, Anthony Davis like that that's no. not what this no. is. This is forty seven million dollar player option for Russell Westbrook that helps the money situation. You deal with that for a year and you and then you move him off the books. Like that's what it would be for the Brooklyn Nets. You get a couple of assets in the, in the draft, obviously. No, they wouldn't. No, but here's the, they wouldn't get any. Here's the thing: they wouldn't get any assets in that. The, the, the Lakers have no assets. Like they they have no. Well, they can they can get pick they can get picks from them in later rounds. They can get them in later years. Twenty six, twenty seven. All right. You know, twenty twenty six, twenty twenty seven. It's gonna be it's gonna be down the road, by the way, and that's it's worth clarifying. They're going to have to go a couple of years down the road before they see that turnaround. You can look at the I think they have the, the one from. Uh, Chicago, maybe a second round pick in there somewhere. Sorry, from Memphis. Uh, you can look at that one or some later three or four years from now, first round picks to your point. They are the most limited. They're in the same boat as the Nets. They gave up a lot of assets. They brought in a lot of talent. They have a ton of money on the books and they don't have anybody that's locked in long term. So no, it's a bad option. Yes, I would be disgusted by having Russell Westbrook even for a year on this team. We, we need not go any deeper on this one. That is while it's being talked about would be a probably the worst possible outcome from a Brooklyn Nets standpoint. I guess the only upside is you knew he was just coming off the books in one year. I don't know. That's like the only that's thing. The that's the benefit. Yeah. That's the only thing I could think of. It's like off the books in one year, and we'll see what happens. All right, we're going to talk more about this in a second. Got some more thoughts. I do have a, a, a Kyrie thought, and it's not just what he posted on Twitter, which is hilariously, you know, no, who could ever figure out what it means. Uh, but we'll talk about that in a second. First, going to talk to you about our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Look, some of these other uh, daily fantasy operators, you got to throw the salaries in there. You're up against a bunch of sharks that are putting in thousands of lineups. It's very, very difficult, not on Prize Picks. Prize Picks is just you versus the Prize Pick numbers. You're just going over, under on a bunch of different stats. They're, obviously, we're finished up with NBA right now. You can go over to MLB want to get some home runs, RBIs, runs, go over pitchers, strikeouts. That's a big one over on prize picks. You put two to five players together. You go through over, under. You can mix and match sports, too. They got hockey. Uh, they got really, I get, wait till football season gets going, too. Prize picks really crushes it there. But you can, you get two to five players. You go over, under on their projections. You can do it in under 60 seconds. It's super easy, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Prize picks, like I said, daily fantasy made easy. It's really just kind of the future of what we're looking for in trying to get some action in on some of these sports. Prize picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users. You can get $50 for free if a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point. You have to use the promo code NBA. So we can still use the code NBA. Exclusive offer for all locked on fans. Sign up today and use the code NBA. $50 for free. If a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point, prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. All right, hold, hold your the Kyrie thought, maybe that, that Twitter comment, along with, because there is that scenario of like, what is best for Kyrie Irving here? Let's get to that in a minute. There's the other two teams you said, it's the Clippers and it's the Knicks. We talked very quickly yesterday about the Knicks scenario, and I, I, just, I just did want to walk down that, because again, I'll do one thing first. A lot of people were saying, sure, if the Knicks want him, 
why not? We'll take RJ Barrett and you'll give us some other thing, you know, some picks here. And it's again, any team, including the Knicks, if they're making a move for this, it's because they want to pair them with the young, exciting, yes. quality talent that they have on their roster. So you can take your mind away from the RJ Barrett one. I'd be <laughs> the, the I, I know. It's like, and I feel like, and again, this is what happens when you're on the Nets side of it looking out. You go, oh, yeah. Well, I see a lot of things I like over there. Yeah, we'll just take now, all your best I'm, stuff. How about, how about you send <laughs> yeah. all your best stuff and we'll send the guy who doesn't want to be here? Like, so that seems pretty fair, right? <laughs> Exactly. Now, what is interesting from a Knicks perspective is they do have a lot of contracts that can match up here, and they have the 11th overall pick, obviously, on Thursday night. So, like, I think that there is a lot of interesting flexibility. The Knicks are talked about. They want to try to maybe move up the board if they can. They want to have a pure point guard. I do think that Kyrie Irving makes a ton of sense for what the Knicks need, and... Depending on what happens at eleven, maybe there's another player for the you know for the Brooklyn Nets to look at and to bring into this team, combined with the Evan Fourniers and, and you know, even a Kemba Walker, like right these kind of guys, um, along with some other draft capital. I you I asked you this yesterday if you think ah would you dismiss it because it's the, the Knicks we are, they already saw it they're willing to trade like with Philadelphia. This one I wouldn't be shocked if it had some legs and then listen I'll give you the extra I'll give you the extra piece that it obviously keeps Kyrie close to home which would matter to him. Do you? Does this feel like the most viable out of these three teams? I mean, I guess, but that's like not really saying much. Uh, no, I, no percentages uh, needed, most, just the most viable. <laughs> I don't think it's the most viable. I think the Clippers, who we'll get to in a second, are probably the most mm-hmm. viable. Um, and so I don't think the Knicks are. I think the, the the Clippers are more. I think the Knicks just have some of the same problems, like not as bad as the Lakers, but it's like sort of as bad. Like they have a Kemba Walker contract they can send. Uh, no thanks. Like he was he was benched for the Knicks last year because he was just he's pretty. He might just be toast. I mean, it's a shame. It's like an injury thing. Like he just kind of fall off, fell off a cliff here, the knees and everything else. Um, but no thanks on the Kemba Walker thing. And then there are other contracts like we got into shortly yesterday. Alec Burks, Fournier. I didn't mention Reddish, um, but he was buried too. That might have been a Thibodeau thing. Um, they, their name Julius Randle is thrown out here. I have no interest in that at all for the money. So like, well, uh, okay. I get- I'll say I, I'll say one thing. I'll just pause on Julius Randle briefly. And this is actually what I from yesterday was, hey, these are the names that are being talked about. You mentioned some of these lower level guys and Kemba Walker and, and players that don't don't really pique your interest. Now, Julius Randle would at least pique your interest from from what he is, right? He's he's younger and he has and he has some value. And this is I think the the back and forth that you would oh. see in this or any scenario of, hey, this is what we'll give you. We'll give you Westbrook. Listen, we can't take Westbrook. But, you know, with the Knicks, hey, listen, we'll give you players X and you go, well, at least Julius Randle needs to be in this conversation. I'm not saying that Julius Randle blows my skirt up, but what I will say is there are versions. It's like, why why is Julius Randle looked bad or what has he struggled with? It's like, you don't want him to be your number one or anything close to that. So what does a Julius Randle look like playing around a Kevin Durant and, and other versions of the Nets? I, and Ben Simmons, like I can see how all of a sudden Julius Randle's role looks different and is more enticing on the Brooklyn Nets than it may currently have been on the Knicks. Doesn't mean I love him, but I certainly would be at, I'd be saying, hey, I'll take that at whatever it is, twenty three million uh, a year over the next four years. Like I'll still take it, and I'll. This is one of those catch a falling star and see if you reclaim his value, a la Ben Simmons. If he's not going to be here later. Maybe you still find value and you're able to utilize him down the road. I don't know, man. Twenty, almost thirty million dollars a year for for Julius Randle in twenty five, twenty six. I'd rather just let Kyrie walk. I, I like I just hitching yourself to that 
hitching yourself to that, that, that salary. I mean, maybe it's a little tradable for something else and you piece other stuff together. Yeah, Ra- to me, I mean. Randall's like 2020, 21 seasons looking more like the outlier than the rule. Like he shot 40% sure. from three. He was right back down to 31%, which is much closer to his career averages this year. Like the minutes increased this. Uh, no, I guess they were about the same. The, the points fell off the season. I know the usage dropped a little bit because RJ Barrett got a little bit more into the offense. He's just like not the kind of player like he's a fine player, but if you're a championship level, honestly, even like a deep playoff team, like I just don't see how Julius Randle fits. I, I I get I get what you're saying. It's and the contract isn't like I guess horrendous on the money because it's in the mid twenties, but mm. it's just so unenticing and and really the length on it too. It would just hamstring you for so many years. Like you'd have to have him just around. You'd have to have your offense do certain stuff around them. I don't know. I, I it's so unexpected. I, I will I will say. In the same way that the forty-seven million that comes off the book in one year is is too brutal to take Westbrook, the the four years on Julius Randle makes it hard because you're you know you're just looking forward and saying yeah, but what is this eventually, right? And it yeah, is I about think I'm just like value. off the so, cuff. I think I'd rather do the forty-seven and just be done with Westbrook. I, like I don't. I, 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 I was gonna say the bad scenario of that, but at least a year from now, you know that money is pure and clear, right? Um, so let's let's flip it over though to, to the Clippers here though, because I'm yeah. curious where what, what you would construct that would be successful for the Nets. Okay, so the Clippers do have at least like functional pieces that you can sort of see, like squint and see it in terms of like like a Norman Powell, a Luke Kennard, guys who can space the floor, who can defend. I mean, Powell, not, neither of them are like great defenders, but like they can at least knock down threes. Powell can definitely get to the rim. Like he would offer you mm-hmm. some secondary second secondary scoring options. Got through it, um, and then like you know to make the money work, like a Marcus Morris, Terrence Mann was thrown in here as maybe a younger up-and-comer, I think other people might be a little higher on him than I am, but I can still, you could probably still dream on it. Like, there's enough little pieces there to say, like, hey, you get a little younger with one guy, you equal out the money with another guy who can probably play real minutes for you and Morris, and then, like, Pal could probably play, if he's, like, your fourth best player, maybe you're not the worst team in the world, right? Like, it's something like that. I this That scenario seems much more palatable to me like everyone's contract is pretty reasonable and so none of the names probably are as flashy as like like Julius Randle or Russell Westbrook or whatever but it's almost better in that way because Mm -hmm. they're all on pretty reasonable money and if it wasn't working like all those pieces are probably tradable in their own right as like one-offs right so you could actually begin recouping other pieces if it didn't if it didn't go correctly like that stuff, like piling those players together, makes a little bit more sense to me than the the other ones. Just because I don't, know, I could divide up my ability to maybe have it all work out in the end. Whereas, like, I'm pretty sure with the other guys, it's just not going to work. Well, it's one of those funny things too, because going back to the Knicks one with Evan Fournier, and you think about contract and also age. When you mention a guy like Kennard. All of a sudden, you look at the Nets, and you know you have Joe Harris with that contract and where his age is, and you know that you only have Seth Curry, at least in theory, for the short term, and he's a little bit older. So from a short-term, long-term, right, add in a talent, 25 years old, well, you can see the world now and beyond where this player is someone that you can utilize on this roster going forward. So, yeah, no, that's a really strong That's a really strong case. That's a really strong case to say, like, the money's not terrible. You're not overly committed long-term. They're going to give you nothing back when it comes to uh, draft capital. And then maybe there's a there's a little bit of that, which I think does tie in here before we, we turn over to, to Kyrie Irving, is the decision-making process in this scenario would be, 
Do we want as much draft capital as possible to reform this team, admitting that, well, without Kyrie, we're taking a big step back and this window's going to shrink for Kevin Durant, et cetera, et cetera? Or do we want the talent around him right now and Ben Simmons to say, we can still be competitive and on a deep run? And if that's the version of it, I probably, yeah, the, the Clippers are probably the team you look to and go, yeah, we can get this done and still come back with a with a quality team immediately this season. Right, and, and it still would be worse because four quarters definitely oh. typically do not equal a dollar in these scenarios, right? So you want to keep the dollar whenever you have it, and Kyrie is the dollar, and you know trying to get equal value with a bunch of change almost never works. But if it's just a lost cause <laughs> and nothing else can be done right. because you're not right. going to reset. By the way, and let's just stipulate, I'm going to get into some other stuff here in a second, but just to stipulate here, this is all in the scenario of like, it's, it's irreparable. Like we, it, yes. we're not coming back from it. Like they're not going to get the contract done. Like this is all, I don't, I think all of, I, I would just hope that's clear from what we've all been saying. These are all scenarios like, Hey, we need to break this glass glass because it's an absolute emergency. Like because nothing else is working and the fire is spreading. Like that's this is this kind of situation. All right, got a couple more comments. Got a actually pretty interesting comment from Jake Fisher. Uh, and I have a thought that I want to run by you around Kyrie Irving here. He'll want your opinion. Did not throw this out to Adam pre-show, but seeing what his opinion on it is here in a second. First, this episode is brought to you by. Our friends over at Rock Auto, you got to save time and money when you're using Rock Auto because there's so many makes and models of cars out there and forget about it. Once you put all the makes and models and then you combine it with the parts, I mean, that's like a number that I can't even calculate. It's just like goes, it goes well off beyond the page. Rock Auto has it all for you. Easy drop-down menu to search by make and model for your car and you know you're going to get a better price than anything going on at those local chain places. I can't even say it. I can't even walk into those places anymore because I know I'm not getting a price anywhere close to what I'm going to get over at Rock Auto. Go to rockauto.com right now. You see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on. And how did they hear how did you hear about us box though? They know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need rockauto.com. Okay, so yeah, and I think you mentioned it there on the back end of, this is what I was saying at the top. When information comes out, you cast your mind about what it could potentially look like. If I want to walk into the offseason, what I want to say is, Ben Simmons is 100% healthy, Kyrie Irving is fully committed, and the Brooklyn Nets are looking to win championship with Kevin Durant over the next couple of years. But things aren't perfect, so you have to be willing uh, to investigate it. Kyrie Irving had his own... uh, I don't know, something. Had his own comments to, to, to add into the saucepan here, and then you have a, a, a question you want to throw my way. Well, yeah, well, he just, I mean, it's so funny. He just posted a picture of Brother Mazone from The Wire. I, like, don't know what the point of that was. Um, often with these Kyrie things, there's, doesn't seem to be, know. like, a great point about it, but, you know, maybe there's something something floating around there that makes it make sense, but, I mean, Brother Mazone was, like, the guy who was brought in to take care of <laughs> take care of the rival the rival groups in The Wire, so um, whatever you want to think it is, that was his comment about it. Jake Fisher from Bleacher Report, who's very, very dialed in, did have a quick article that came out that was just kind of laying some of the groundwork for the Shams stuff that, he, you know, following up with his own reporting. He, he didn't go too deep in to it, but just as a note about it, because it's worth throwing out there, that um, said that the conversations were still expected to keep going between the two sides. The, they're apart a on the parts that we thought they were, the time, the money, right? Like, that's not that hard to figure out. We kind of didn't need to have that reported to know that those are the, those are the sticking points. <laughs> but he, but I will say he painted a picture that was much more sort of collegial than like this thing's on death's doorstep. It was like, hey, it's going to be fluid. We're going to keep talking. Let's see what's going on. 
his his take on it wasn't as close to like we're all shutting the door and walking away. So just just throwing it out there. It's like he didn't have any other um any other kind of big piece from that. Here's my thought about Kyrie that I want to run by you. Do you think there's a part of Kyrie who when he looks at this situation? So we 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 we've come at this all I think a lot from the net situation where we've said, you know, we need we need you to be more you. I'm I'm speaking as if it's I'm the Nets. We need you I'm to be more reliable. reliable as I can be, Doug. You know, we need we need more reliability. We need more assurances that you're going to play. We need we need these things from you, like right, like we're, you're you're a risk. Okay, and we we and I think we've mostly talked about the situation from that standpoint of of like what the Nets is there a world though, and could it be correct where Kyrie Irving looks at this situation and says, I need to be more reliable. You need to back me up more. You didn't back me up at all during the COVID thing last year. You, I could have played half the season. You chose for me not to. Like I, you sent me home and never got back. You didn't lobby City Hall hard enough because they had a rule that didn't make sense where visiting players could still come in and play, and I couldn't. Like, do you think there's a world where Kyrie looks at this situation and again, like maybe rightfully so, and says I'm unreliable? You didn't back me up at all, and it was only it was only when things got so bad during the COVID stuff in the middle of the winter that you were willing to like sort of make a case. And that was not because of me at all. It's because like you were in trouble, right? Like, do you think Kyrie could look at the situation like that? Cause I was thinking more about it. And I was like, I think there's a world where he could view this situation and be like, man, why am I like the, why am I the unreliable one in, in last year's scenario when there was lots of situations that could have had me playing a lot of the season that would have made this a lot better. And but you chose for it not to happen. Sure. Um, yeah, I think it's fair. You know, it's funny. I, I was having the, I was having these thoughts just around the offseason in general and Kyrie Irving's decision-making process of saying, I'm, I, I'm a max player in the league. That's my talent. That's what I deserve. It has impacts if I don't go for the max on other players in the league, by the way. You know, former vice president to the uh, NBA Players Association, right? Like, he has a, he has reasonable, uh, a reasonable thought process of saying why it matters for me to look at this certain way. Now, specifically this past year, do I think Kyrie can say, I didn't see this coming. Nobody saw this coming. And then when it happened, to your point, the Nets could have done things a lot differently or in a more supportive way around Kyrie. Is it reasonable for him to think that? Sure. Is it reasonable to isolate just one season and, and make the case about this is a one-fluke scenario that I went through and you guys weren't there for me? No. And that's where I think it falls down a little bit, and maybe Kyrie gets gets lost in the you know, or or doesn't see his entire track record necessarily in that sense, right? He has a history, not not about personal, about basketball related, where he wants to be, how he wants to be treated, etc. All of those things I think influenced the way the Brooklyn Nets made their decisions. I'm not saying they were all right. There was a ton of bad decisions made on the Brooklyn Nets management side. So. Yeah, maybe. I guess to answer you, you know, I know we didn't talk about this beforehand. It's like, can I see the scenario where the Brooklyn Nets are like, dude, you've been so unreliable since we signed you, like in, in totality. And Kyrie's like, guys, why weren't you there for me when I needed you most? And somewhere in between all of that, by the way, is Kevin Durant and being the best player on the team and what his role is as far as what he is communicating or stepping back from the table and saying, however you guys sort it out, you guys sort it out. Um it's a fascinating question, and honestly, I'm not, I'm not hedging or sitting on the fence. I don't have the ultimate answer to it, I don't think. But I, it's reasonable to have it out there for what each side could be thinking or feeling on it. Yeah, I, 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 look, I'm, that's something I just made up, too. Like, I'm not 
this is not coming from anywhere. But I was just thinking about like we've right. always just thought about this. I think from the net side of things, of like especially maybe the, the the front office side of things, and you know their view of how the contract negotiations could be shaping up. But I'm just wondering something. Sometimes I was I mostly was stemmed from what I was wondering of what Kyrie Irving was countering with, right? Like because well, like and that's where that's where I and that's where I thought about. It. I was like if I was him, my cap my counter having done some negotiations, my counter would have been, hey. Half of that was on you. <laughs> like half of that, half of this situation was on you. I get that like, you know, we ran bad here in terms of like what city put this rule into effect. I was prepared to play the whole time. I cannot be faulted for that. Like, and I'm begging to play half the, I'm begging to play all the games. I guess it's unprecedented. It, and by the way, it really hurt. It really helps his case if he were to say that because they ended up doing just that, right? The fact that they ended up doing it <laughs> in the end is like would only help his case in making that point because it's like, what do you mean you couldn't? You did it, <laughs> right? Like you did it. You just took yeah, you and months I, and months no, to and do it. Right. And, and I look terrible in the process. Yeah, and and here's the two the two parts of it to me are um, the organization. So not just Sean Marks, Joe Sy. Right, they were vocal in and around the pandemic and within the community. Yep. They were running commercials. We talked about it about with you know whatever. So they had a perspective, and. That's that is a good point for Kyrie's side to say if you had a a you felt a social or or moral motivation for the decisions you were making when when this began that's fine right. you can have that the same way that I Kyrie Irving have my own individual perspective that I'm bringing right great but once you say ah sugar the season's going south in a hurry yes. and James Harden is pissed off and we're gonna lose him now we're gonna pivot once you do that then then right wrong and different everyone's gonna look at it and go. So did you care that much about exactly, it? Or, exactly. Or, or was, it, be the pre, first was thing. it motivated by or, or premeditated by other things that have bothered you over the course of Kyrie Irving's tenure? So you know, it's, it's a really fair scenario. Let, that's ex- that's let, all I would hammer. Like if it was if it was me doing at the table, I would hammer that over and over and, again about the unreliable piece. I was like, because you don't get to stand on the moral high ground of having done the right thing early on when you chose to not, not do this, not do and, that thing when it got hard for your team. Like that's it. And I want to ask you. I want to ask you something quick before we get out of here. But and the other the the Brooklyn Nets side of it would be to say yes. But and by the way, people have mentioned this. And it, it doesn't track one to one. And I'm not making a personal judgment on anybody. Everybody immediately pointed to Wiggins with the Golden State Warriors, right? Because he was a part of the same scenario and he made that choice. And guess what? Different levels of who they are in the NBA and the stature and everything else. The Brooklyn Nets are probably hammering the table and saying we want team guys, culture guys, right? All that stuff, but. That, that's the bottom line. Something I want to ask you later in the week is around what Kyrie might personally want to do in this scenario and what might be best for him. But we'll get back to the next time, man. I, there's a lot of facets to this. It'll be fascinating to see what happens next with it. And at the very least, they're, they're talking. I don't think, to your point, it's not as desperate or as deadly as it feels, but something more than what we've gotten, so, than what we thought was going to happen this offseason is currently underway. All right, we're going to get out of here. Thanks so much for all the YouTube comments. Tons Oof. of tons. I think maybe our most comments ever on a thing. Some not so yeah. pumped about it, but whatever. It's great. Get Mix it up a little bit in YouTube. Um, especially pumped, really no digging pump. on Adam, which really digging on Adam a couple times, which I really, really appreciate it. Um, so <laughs> make sure you go subscribe over on YouTube. Make sure you like and, like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Free, available on all platforms. Hey, everybody, you know what you'd like? I want the fairy tale. Why, it's Julia Roberts from Pretty Woman. Oh, one of the all-time great poets. We'll be back again tomorrow talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball.